Mic check. To the name, anyway. Five. I'm rolling. Are you ready? Four. Dumb little story. That by the Three. Way. We're hot. Stand by. Two. I think I might have a concussion. One. Expect that they know this stuff. Here we go. They look like Keeper Southern. Booyah! Hello and welcome to the podcast. Or no, I get it. I get it wrong every week. It's supposed to be hello and welcome to the meeting. Hi and welcome to the meeting. Uh, on today's show, uh, we have a lemonade follow-up. Lucifer doesn't live in New Zealand. We all live in a drug submarine and and a crazy motorcycle crash and a serial litterer. All right, but before we get to that, Ryan, anything new? Anything new? Yeah. Well, I've got an exciting Balloon Boy update here. Okay, well, before that. <laughs> Are you excited? Yeah, but uh, I ask you this every week uh, right after we do the first round of the headlines yeah. off the top. I always ask you what's new. Right. Last week you said nothing, but we forgot to talk about your challenge, your week-long challenge. My uh, no-meat challenge. Yeah, you broke my my uh, my five-day Did record. I? Did you break it? Well. Okay, what happened? Okay, so <laughs> you were supposed to cut out all meat from your diet Monday yeah. through Friday yeah. last week. And yeah. How did it turn out? Well, I ate some tacos on Monday, so I didn't really start on Monday. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but I had some tacos for lunch, so but after that I didn't eat meat until... What day was it that I was late to work? Like every day? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> no, I texted you and Jamie. Maybe it was Friday. I think I... That would have been yesterday. No, like last week, Friday. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> okay, that's... Anyway, I think I, I think I went Monday afternoon to Friday afternoon. Monday afternoon, Friday afternoon. What is that? That's four days, right? I think so, yeah. So you tied my record. <laughs> wow, what happened Friday? Well, I was... I was like, oh, because I fell asleep, I took it, was taking a nap, and then I over, kind of overslept a little bit, woke up like, just, like just a little before I was supposed to be at work here. Yeah. So I jumped up, I jumped in the shower, and then I was like, man, I'm really hungry. So I just went through my, the McDonald's drive-thru on my way to work and got a chicken sandwich. And you didn't think about it? Well, I was like, I did kind of think about it, oh, but I was like, I, I'm hungry, I want a chicken sandwich. Yeah, you could also have gotten a salad <laughs> while you were there. I don't eat salad. But you could have gotten a salad. But or, I don't eat salad. Or a fruit parfait. Yeah, or just... there are a bunch of other stuff on the dollar menu. Like what? Uh, like the fruit parfait, the yeah. apple pies. Apple pies? You want me to you pull up on apple pies? Yeah, you probably could have had a sundae. That could have substituted for your chicken. Uh, I needed some food. I needed a solid meal. <laughs> if you combine all that stuff, it makes a solid <laughs> meal, right? Well, it's hard. It is hard. It was a, it is a really hard challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that sucks. What was the first? Uh, well, after that, what was your first like, full meat meal? <laughs> I don't know. I had chicken chicken sandwich that day. What did I have for dinner? Something else meaty. Oh, I think I went to Wendy's and got like a, like a good solid cheeseburger. Yeah. And some chicken nuggets. That's good. I think Wendy's makes like, they make like really, well not really, but they make some pretty uh, monstrous burgers, I guess. Mountainous, that's what I'm Mountainous burgers. Mountainous burgers. Wendy's, home of the mountainous burger. They should, uh, they should use that. And I want trademark 
rights to it. <laughs> um, okay, well, that was that. Oh, we didn't talk about that least. Anything going on with you? Um, I'm having horrible motorcycle adventures. <laughs> horrible? Horrible motorcycle experience. Uh, I don't really want to talk about all of it, but I'll just say <laughs> I had a motorcycle when I first got my license. That broke down. I had, it's in the shop right now still. So I decided to buy a new one, just sell that old one, and this new one I bought on the ride back. I bought it in, um, in a town about probably 45 minutes away from here. Uh-huh. Uh, on the way back, it broke down. I was riding, and my brother was following the car behind me, and I ended up pushing it to a gas station. Jeez. <laughs> that was a pain. <laughs> that sucks. And then I had to call a shop to go pick it up, and now they're working on it. So now I have two motorcycles and two shops. <laughs> huh. If it gets fixed or not. <sighs> And what sucks, yeah. So that that really sucks mm-hmm. about that. Um, okay, let's just get right into it. Try to cut down on time. Yeah. What's your balloon boy update? Oh yeah. So uh, we had the story on a while ago that they were auctioning off the balloon. Yeah. To support the Japan relief efforts, so they sold the balloon. Um, this is what the official thing on the official Balloon Boy auction website says. There's an official Balloon Boy oh auction website. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was gonna... <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> It says the flying saucer was sold to the highest bidder at auction and has been delivered. The winning bidder, who resides in Colorado, requested that he not be identified nor the specific amount paid, which was in the thousands of dollars, be disclosed to the media. We thank all those who demonstrated interest in the auction. We especially thank the winning bidder. A donation check has been mailed to uh, Direct Relief International to assist the Japan relief and recovery effort. So that's all they say on their website, but there's plenty of other news stories on the Internet about wow. the actual guy who bought the balloon. Oh, so so people actually know who bought it. Yeah. Okay. According to this story, uh, Michael Fruitman of Mike Stadium Sports Cards won the auction with a bid of only $2,502. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. Now, what they were what they were originally asking for was some ridiculous amount, right? It? Yeah, it was yeah. like a really large. I can't remember. Well, it wasn't like they were asking. They were, they were they were estimating like this is kind of this is kind of what it should be yeah, up at. Like that was their suggestion or something. Up in the millions, right? I think it was maybe like a million. Yeah, in I'm, the millions, and that was that was that. <laughs> Got <a> dumb <laughs> father who said that. Yeah. Okay, Richard. Richard Heaney. I don't, I don't even want to say his name because <laughs> that's how much I hate him. <laughs> that's how much you hate him? Yeah. I just don't want to say the guy's name. Yeah, so it was only $2,500. But uh, he's going to display it, apparently cut it up into pieces and sell the pieces. Why? I don't know. <laughs> that's his plan, though. Who's he going to sell it to? I mean... apparently he's going to donate all the proceeds to the smoky hill thanksgiving share basket project so apparently this balloon is just getting donations made all over the world to different places i guess that's a good thing (laughs) Um, i don't know who wants to buy a little piece of the balloon though that's true I mean, I, I shouldn't laugh that it was sold for two thousand. But <laughs> I'm kind of glad I'm kind of mad because the money was going towards a good cause. Yeah, uh, you kind of want to see more money go towards that, but to see it not being sold for as much as it was, or supposed to be worth, or not supposed to be worth, but what the uh, I guess the owners wanted it to be worth uh-huh. makes me happy. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. They're just idiots. 
<laughs> Stupid. So that's our Balloon Boy update. Stupid Balloon Boy. Um, I have an update from last week's uh, Lemonade Stand story. Oh, uh, you do? Yeah. Do uh, we have Chief Rainwater on we, the phone? We uh, we didn't. We completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh, no. Which sucks. <laughs> completely forgot about that. Um, but this is uh, actually a story that hits close ho- to home uh, from Appleton, Wisconsin. A uh, similar story where cops shut down a lemonade stand, but uh, they're apologizing to two sisters ages 9 and 10 for busting the lemonade stand um, on a new city ordinance regulating vendors. According to Fox 11 in Appleton, Vivian and Linda Cohen were park, uh, partaking in a 15-year-old neighborhood tradition selling lemonade in the dry, uh, driveway during the city's old car show. The kids have been setting it up for six or seven years now, uh, said Margie Mann, the girl's mother. Um, but then Mann got a knock on the door, and it was uh, Appleton PD. <laughs> Apparently, an ordinance was passed in the city on June 1st that banned vendors from selling food and drink within a two-block radius of the any city event in order to protect nonprofit groups selling at the event. You know, sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the girls took the news hard at first, although they were able to drum up some sympathy by adorning uh, adorning their homemade signs with the with, in quotes, the city shut us down, unquote, <laughs> and giving their wares out uh, or giving their lemonade drinks out for free with a tip jar. Still, neighbors were upset about the long arm of the law fiddling with lemonade stands, so no, the alderman took a closer look at the ordinance to see if it could be fixed. And it turns out, as a matter of fact, it was already fixed. As the Post-Crescent of Appleton reports, the law actually only pertains to licensed Vendors, lemonade mm. stands don't need licenses to operate in Wisconsin, so they are exempt from the two-block radius. So our idea of setting up a lemonade stand is possible. <laughs> we could do. We it. don't need a license, <laughs> but it would still be weird <laughs> if you and I had a lemonade stand. <laughs> so the police chief, David Walsh, uh, says in quotes, "Not our finest hour, but I believe the officer was acting in the spirit of interdepartmental." Uh, cooperation rather than malice towards childhood lemonade stands he apologized <laughs> to the girls and said the department would see that it doesn't happen again yeah nice <laughs> so i mean it's sad that it happened here but at least they at least they got it cleared up yeah they got it cleared they up don't need, they don't need a license to sell lemonade yeah you know i feel i feel better about that now i'm glad we live in I'm glad we live in a world where in a state where lemonade stands can continue to sell their product and profit unharassed by the police with no license with no license i'm happy about we don't that. care where that lemonade came from <laughs> we just want to sell it yes and buy it okay so uh since i just didn't update do you want to go with your first story sure start us off um here's an interesting motorcycle crash this is from california a motorcyclist who plowed into a minivan landed unscathed in the back seat, and the driver didn't even realize it until he turned into his nearby driveway. We're calling this one a non-injury collision with a twist, said Karen Hunt, a spokeswoman for the sheriff's department. Uh, The van was slowing down to make a left turn when the motorcycle rear-ended it. Callers reported the accident and told authorities, we don't know where the rider is, and there was concern he might have slid under the van. That's when it started to sound ominous, said the sheriff's department representative. In reality, the rider had flown through the van's back window and landed in the back seat. What? The van driver continued on to his home, less than a half a block away for some reason, where he called out to his wife that he'd been rear-ended and needed to return to the accident scene. As he turned around to back out of his driveway, he saw the dazed biker. 
The writer's helmet had absorbed most of the impact, and he only asked for an ice pack for his hand, and he didn't receive any further medical treatment. Neither of the men was cited for the accident. Their names were not released. I am puzzled. <laughs> you can see my face when I'm just so puzzled. You're so puzzled? How, how does somebody fly into your backseat and you not notice it for like a half mile, right? I have no idea. And I don't know why he would continue to drive home. Why didn't you just pull over and stop if right. you had been rear-ended? Unless this guy's like a jerk, you know, who, who uh, if, if he had like a hit and run or if he hit somebody, he would just run if he had the opportunity. Yeah, but it sounds like I mean, if he got rear-ended, it's probably not his fault. No. So I don't know why he would ever drive away. Like, yeah. And then the cyclist called from his cell phone in the backseat? No, no, no. I don't think he called. Oh. I think just some other people who witnessed it called. Oh, okay. He was just, like, dazed lying in the backseat. Oh, okay. (laughs) Apparently not making any noise because the guy didn't notice He must have been knocked out or something, but it was a good thing he was wearing a helmet. Yeah, good thing he was wearing a helmet. (laughs) That is just so bizarre. <laughs> you, like, you wouldn't notice something like that, oh, somebody flying into your back seat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't there, like, some obviously, impact like, or something? Obviously, your back windshield is all smashed up, and Yikes. I don't know. It's pretty remarkable that he could fly right off his bike through the window, land in the back seat, and be fine. Just Man. a little hand injury. Well, I'm, I'm glad he's fine. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to jump on to the next story. Please do. Um, my first story uh, comes from New Zealand. Uh, apparently, the name Lucifer has been banned there. The devilish name has been effectively banned uh, the New Zealand Names Register after three sets of parents had their name had the name denied. The Register of Births, Deaths, and Merges seems to be defying or trying to curb a lifetime of inevitable taunting <laughs> for the children of parents who uh, wanted to rather than give their names uh, give them names, give them punctuation symbols like an asterisk or a slash, you know, instead of having like an actual name like Ryan. Yeah. They would put in like a, that little asterisk star <laughs> as a first name. I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> in the past two years, there have been 102 uh, rejected names, including Baron, Bishop, Duke, General, Judge, Justice, King, Knight, and Mister. All seem to uh, be two similar titles. Messiah also got the thumbs down. The number 89 and the letters C, D, I, and T all saw the same fate. So somebody <laughs> tried naming their kid 89. Some tried naming their kid C, D, I, and T. Huh. Um, and they're rejecting all these names? Yeah, why would you do that? But in 2008, it was approved uh, the names Benson and Hedges for a pair of twin boys and also allowed parents to bestow the names Violence. And this kid, this other kid's name named number 16 Bus Shelter. What? <laughs> to no. their offspring. There's what? a kid. There's a kid in New Zealand who's named Violence. His first name is Violence. And another kid whose first name is Number 16 Bus Shelter. Number 16 That's Bus Shelter? spelled out number and then the number 16 and then Bus Shelter. Why would name. you ever name your kid Number 16 Bus Shelter? I don't know. What does that <laughs> there, kid go by? Maybe he was consummated on that bus. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. If if you had a kid, what what would you name your kid? Right right off the top of your head. <laughs> I have no idea. If you could think of a weird name. Well, there's that. Uh, this isn't one of mine, but in Seinfeld, there was a famous name where he wanted to name the kid Seven. I never saw that. George was gonna name. George wanted to name his child Seven, 
but then someone else stole the name out from under him and named their kid Seven. <laughs> but then recently... Uh, is that because of Lucky Number Seven? I think it was because uh, Mickey Mantle or something oh. was number seven. But then recently David Beckham and that Spice Girl named their ch- newest kid Seven. Really? Yeah. I think maybe the his one... soccer number was Seven. Oh. The kid, that, the kid that they just had? I think so. Uh, I don't get I would name my kid... I've, I've often, I've often joked about this, but I would name my kid like Chief Wombat or something. Chief Wombat. I think, I think that would be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always like a weird name. I thought would always. Then be would you funny. just call him Chief or Wombat or? Uh, his nickname would be Chief. Chief. That would be a pretty cool ch- nickname, huh? How's it going, Chief? Yeah. Chief Wombat. What was his last name? <laughs> yeah, but. If we named our kids that, apparently they're, um, they're, in the U.S. there are no name bands, uh, but you can't have numerical names. Like, for example, if you want to name your kid 1774, uh-huh. uh, you can't have it out in numerical numbers. You would have to write it out, so it would have to be oh. S-E-V-E-N-T-E-N and right. the rest, 1774. Huh. Yeah, and apparently um, the reason this came up was because you can't name your kid a Lucifer. And in New Zealand, over half the population's as they're considered Christians, so of <laughs> course this is heavily Christian influenced. Right. You know. Well, I'm glad we live in America where we can name our kids whatever we want. Right. And your parents name you Ryan, because you have the next story. <laughs> That's exactly why. <laughs> That's a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from Kansas. A Kansas woman is fined for repeated littering in one yard. So this Kansas woman is ticketed for tossing her empty tea bottles in the same yard nearly every day for two years. But she insists there was no malice involved. Um, It's reported that Carol Green of rural Bonner Springs entered a guilty plea Friday to four counts of misdemeanor littering. Green was ticketed after a man who lives about two miles east of her photographed her throwing empty tea bottles into the yard of his rural home. Green says the man's yard just happened to be where she finished her tea each time, She also told the judge that if she had to do it over again, of course she wouldn't do it. The judge imposed fines of $1,200 plus court costs. Good. The minimum amount for a first-time offender. So every day for two years, she threw her tea bottle in this guy's yard. Why do people litter? (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand why people have to litter. If if, if this is a, um, a continuous behavior of yours you know you're drinking tea a bottle of tea right for two years straight every day why why wouldn't you recycle that i don't know and what have after she throws her tea bottle in the yard does this guy come out and clean it up or is there a pile of tea bottles sitting there he's probably got to clean out i wonder how long it took him because uh (laughs) to realize that a bottle just keeps showing up in his yard every day (laughs) But well, maybe, um, why yeah. did it take him so long to ca- to I don't know. capture her doing this? <laughs> yeah, eventually he photographed her. Eventually, but after two years, I mean, you probably wouldn't do this after like the first, I don't know, two weeks. Yeah, I, don't I think know. it would probably take me like two weeks to. Maybe it was like off in the corner. He didn't really notice it, and then he would just kind of see it like once every month, and there would be like probably a pile of tea bottles, and he'd be like, "Huh? Yeah, why is someone dumping a pile of tea bottles here?" I but I could never uh, if if I was drinking a soda bottle of soda uh, like a 20 ounce I don't think I could ever just if I'm walking on the sidewalk just toss no. it after I finish it that just seems so rude and yeah. it's just dumb yeah. why do people have to litter I don't know gosh this woman I hope she would I would kind of wish she would have gotten a bigger fine just because yeah he gave her the minimum amount for a first time offender that's just dumb 
I mean, she, uh, she had to know uh, she wasn't doing anything right. And for two years, <laughs> he gives her the minimal amount. Come on. I wish I was a judge sometimes. I just wish I could judge these cases. I would be scared to go into your courtroom God. if I was on trial. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what do you got up next, Lou? Um, my next story comes from Colombia, I think. Yes. The country? Yes, the country. Or Latin America, I will say. Um, off the coast of Central America, the Honduran Navy recently captured a submarine with some four tons of cocaine and five crew members on board. The drug mob is now believed to have a whole fleet of submarines used to ship cocaine from producing countries like Colombia, Peru, to distributors in Mexico and Africa, where it can make its way onto the lucrative European and U.S. markets. Experts have expressed amazement as the, at the technological savvy that lies behind the submarine's design and construction. The boats are built expressively for a drug trade. A few weeks ago, Colombian authorities captured a brand new submarine in a river in the middle of the jungle. The boat was 30 meters long and although empty was seized it had room for four people and eight tons of cocaine with a vessel like that it would take you eight maybe nine days to get from colombia to mexico and you could stay submerged the whole way says colombian general uh i hope i'm saying this right uh juaro <laughs> erizo uh, i think you nailed it that sounds right <laughs> the submarine found in the jungle belonged to the latest generation of narco submarine and unlike earlier generation boats it is completely submersible a similar model was found by narcotics, uh, narcotics agents in Ecuador in 2008 in Mexico. Jay Bergman, U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the DAA Regional Director, has called the advent of narcotic submarines a game changer and new models are even more sophisticated. Did you know they were using submarines to transport drugs? I did uh, read uh, something about this a while ago. Oh, really? Maybe it was that one you referenced in there when they found that one in the jungle several weeks ago. Yeah. But I remember... That's seeing something about it. That's the photo. Yeah, I think it's there. impressive that they somehow get all the uh, all the materials into the middle of the jungle to construct these things. Yeah, and the picture that comes with that article is insane. That that river or that little stream looks so narrow. Yeah. And to be able to fit a submarine in there, I, I wonder how deep it is. Um, that that submarine, how how tall do you think that would be? It was brought up uh, above water. I don't know. It and looks. It, it has to be probably like at least nine, at least nine feet, because it's got to be able to house uh, people in there. Yeah. You know. Well, there's these people standing on top of it. Yeah, this thing looks like it's probably twenty, fifteen, twenty feet. To right, me. and so I guess those rivers are deep, but but it's really narrow, which is amazing. But this is actually my first time reading about um, submarines being used. Um, and the drug smuggling uh, operations, which is pretty insane, and also it's just incredible uh, all the uh, different ways they smuggle drugs across the border and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you remember that story? Uh, it seemed like last year that drug cartels were uh, catapulting <laughs> drugs over the border. Catapulting? They were catapulting. <laughs> like with catapults? Yeah. <laughs> like medieval century catapults. <laughs> really? They yeah. I never heard about that. Oh, that was uh that was great. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They would find some isolated spot uh-huh. and catapult it over um the fence. Hmm. But, that's a good idea. <laughs> Cuz you know the fence isn't the border isn't always patrolled. Yeah. Co- continuously 24/7. These guys are clever. Yeah. Um the way these uh subs were able to operate is cuz they leave from the impoverished port city of 
Buena Ventura, uh, is it Buena Ventura? Buena Ventura? On the Pacific uh, coast of Colombia. There are enough um, out of work captains and sailors there who, for good money, are willing to risk making such a run. Hmm. You know, so there's no sh- shortage of captains or seamen. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? <laughs> no reason. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just amazing. Like, you wonder what they're going to come up with next or what you're going to hear of next. Because they used to use uh, planes and mm-hmm. they would land on unmarked runways. I guess, of course, there was always like speedboats yeah. coming over by boat. But this way, and I guess before, you know, it looks like previous submarines couldn't be submerged all the way. Yeah, I um, feel like that other thing I read, it seemed kind of like they would just like go right on the surface. Uh huh. So you couldn't like see it from any sort of distance, but right. If you were right on top of it, you could see it probably. Probably, but even if you were, I guess, just civilians out there fishing or something out in deep waters, and you mm-hmm. see this thing go by, you probably wouldn't think it was a drug. I, I probably, I would never think it was a <laughs> drug um, cartel. Yeah, or if you're like an official patrol or something, uh, yeah. and you're scanning the horizon, you're never gonna see it. That's true. Really, really cool. Really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess that does it for us this week, right? I think it does. Cool. Uh, before we go, uh, special thanks to Jackson Homer, our news producer. I think we got to give him a new, new title. He's no longer a news producer. A new title? Yeah. Has he done anything to deserve a new title? No. He hasn't, he hasn't done much to even deserve the title he has right now. <laughs> and our music was provided by Kevin McLeod from IncomTech.com. Um, check it out. Like I say, every week. All right. Until next week, don't do anything that will put you on this podcast.